is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Bored to Death, a tabletop and board gaming podcast where we talk about tabletop games, board games. Tops of tables. And our podcast. We talk about tops of tables, mm-hmm. most specifically. Quartz, granite. You have a table made of quartz? Is that a thing? Great. Probably for rich people. Yeah, we've been watching Flip, flip or Flop too yeah. much today. Too much rich people bullshit in our vernacular yeah. right now. Mm-mm. Sconce. Sconce. A stupid word. Who decided that word? Rich people. Rich people. Feels yeah. right. Anyway. I'm John. I'm Kayla. And uh, welcome to our show where uh, we say words at your face and you like them or you don't and then, you know, we take them from there. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, uh, we're back uh, because we are at the ass end of our staycation. Whoop whoop. Where we uh, just kind of took nine days off together to not do work stuff. To not do work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's pretty much it. It's been very nice. Only one person at work has bothered me. And I said, don't bother me. I'm on vacation. Did it work? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It wasn't too bad. I had lots of things coming in to my Slack, but I just didn't respond to them. Not today, job. I thought you were going to say John. I was like, that's your name. Yeah. And you bothered me, so. But, yeah, had a pretty fun week of, uh, of course, board games, because that's what we primarily do with our free time. And then mm-hmm. uh, lots of uh, sleeping and drinking, and we went hiking and a whole bunch of other jazz. But we'll get back to that stuff later. Today we wanted to talk about um, some new old games. Yeah, so we had decided a few weeks ago that we were, we, you know, we'd been spending a lot of money on new shit. We've been spending a lot of money on new games. And, you know, we just decided we were going to take a little mini break from buying new shit so we could focus on some of the other stuff we have. Some of the old shit. Yeah. Uh, just like everybody else in the pandemic, a lot of games coming out and not a whole lot of people to play them with and different libraries to to have access to with your friends and whatnot or being able to go to like a board game cafe Mm -hmm. i feel like with a lot of stuff coming out everyone's got fomo right if you're not getting it right when it comes out you feel like you're missing in on the action yeah and so we just decided we'd take a little bit of a break and really play some more of the games that haven't been getting as much love in our collection as they deserve i feel like um this one made this one made sense coming out this after our traveling board games episode because we haven't traveled anywhere. No. Um. So, but we are now taking a vacation, so they're kind of related, you know. Flow. Sure. Yeah. It works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, we played lots of games that we hadn't played for a while. Some that are still new, like. I realized uh, at, after we finished recording our last episode that we had just gotten Isle of Cats and we didn't even talk about it no. at all, which was crazy because I'm officially obsessed Yeah, it's a fantastic with that game. game. But we played that, so we did play some of our new stuff too, just mm-hmm. to be clear. But we intentionally busted out uh, some old stuff. So over the last like 10 days, we played a shit ton of games, probably like 15 15 like heavy games heavier yeah. games i guess that usually take like at least an hour or so mm-hmm. does that feel right yeah i would say like most of our collection is like an hour or under and we bust out like a, a few of our heavy hitters that would you know take two plus hours at a table and you know just personally speaking we like to 
we like to do a quantity, not always like at the expense of quality, but we like to, if we have three hours, we like to play more than just one game usually. Yeah. We usually want to play two games instead of one big one. Yeah, because we only have a couple of days a week while we're off because of our work schedules and stuff to even attempt to play some games. Yeah, so we and so the reason you know we don't bust some of them out it it varies a little bit and so we thought we'd highlight uh three games in particular that uh we had to literally dust off when we pulled them out of our shelf <laughs> that's it was pretty disgusting yeah. um actually makes me realize that before we start opening the windows in the house full time for spring um Strong i'm going to i'm going to have to do a little bit of cleaning in the guest room i guess normally in the regular times i would clean the guest room but More, no but, guests. But nobody has stayed the night in a very long time. We miss our friends who come and sleep in our guest room. Yeah. Now it's just Sully's bedroom. On my unfolded laundry. Well, that's your fault. Yes. And that's the real reason. That's the real reason I miss guests because your clothes weren't on the guest bed that's when we had friends over. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Bob and Brittany, come back. Come back to our house. I dread folding my socks. I don't know what to tell you. I bought you all these cool socks and you still don't fold them. Nope. I thought maybe that would help. Never. Yeah, so... Big sigh. Uh, one of the games that we, we uh, busted out this week that we thought we would talk about uh, is Islebound by Red Raven Games. Um, it's probably the closest thing that we have to, like, a sail-around pirate game that's not, like, uh, something like Dead Men Tell No Tales that we talked about. It's, like, that's, like, a fully cooperative, like, storm... Uh, you're a pirate storming a ship, grabbing treasure, and leaving before like it explodes. It's like a full cooperative. That's full kinda, pirate. Yeah, you're never really explicitly a pirate, but you kind of are. Island. Like, but you kind of are. They talk about collecting treasure and things like that. I'm just saying it. It doesn't use the words pirate, and but you, you, you pretty much. You're are. pretty much pirate because you, you take over different like you take over different islands with either uh, attack or diplomacy. Yeah, the the rules actually say you can conquer or befriend the islands. Yeah. And that's actually my one of my favorite dynamics of this game is that you don't necessarily have to be like you don't have to be aggressive with it, right? Like I just kind of like the idea they call it diplomacy. That's what befriending is, using mm-hmm. diplomacy. Uh and that's the route that I went this particular time when we played. So Essentially, you're on a ship, and you everyone has, starts with a base like movement speed of one, and there are different ways. A cat paws shooting up oh under the door. Oh my god! Stupid fucking animal. You're so cute. Oh, so cute. She wants to come in. Well, she's a fucking cat. Oh man, maybe lose my train of thought. Yeah, so you have a movement speed of one, and you can move to one island essentially, like one space on the board. Um, and there are different ways you get abilities. Um, so you can get abilities by recruiting new, um, workers on your ship. Um, and the art is just like all the other Red Raven, Red Raven games, Mm. um, is super fucking cool. So the workers on your ship have different skills. So some of them let you move faster. Some of them give you quote unquote, the diplomacy, the reputation. Mm -hmm. Is that the word? Reputation? Um, and some of them give you different attack things, stuff like that. And so you can get those workers to kind of expend them to use the abilities on the different islands and then hopefully either, uh, conquer 
or make friends or collect treasure, stuff like that. Yeah, and there's different resources you collect to be able to trade in currencies for other kind of currencies. You could be more powerful and get more uh, pirates to be able to attack different uh, areas on the map. Um, but the main goal of the game is to uh, collect buildings, right? Uh, that That's what triggers the end of the game is per however many players you're playing with, with just the two of us, it was the first player that had eight different buildings that they bought. Mm-hmm. That would trigger the end of the game. But that's not the only way to get points, right? You conquer areas, you, um, uh, you move on a track on the board that's called Renown, which is like supposed to be like kind of like your legacy of yeah. how famous you are from sailing around. The most renowned is actually how you win the game. Mm-hmm. So each building that you construct um, has a different amount of renown that it's just worth at like a base level. But also like it might have point modifiers. Like um, like five, plus five renown if you uh, have befriended one of the islands or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So it's automatically worth some some points at the end but then also could be worth more. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons we took a break from it for so long was uh, we completely fucked up the rules. Yeah, really and, bad. And in a game like that, it, it takes up a massive amount of space on your table. So like after the setup and we did all these things and we realized we weren't doing things correctly, we kind of were just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, it felt, the first, like, I'd say like the first two or three times we played, we didn't quite fully get what was happening Mm -hmm. and so we spent a lot of time being like why did you do that you can't do that and it was a lot of time arguing with each other about what you can and can't do and it's not that the game itself is complicated i think we just misunderstood a lot of things yeah and so the idea of pulling it back off the shelf kind of felt more like a chore um but I, i i think we've got it now like we could play it again pretty easily i think yeah and it's like just just finding out what works best for you to how to set it up on your table. Like you need a pretty big size table for this yeah. game. And just that alone was like, okay, this like after we had set it all up to like the best of our ability and it was like, oh fuck, we didn't know what we were doing. But um Yeah, yeah. and um I will say, I've learned this about myself in the last week that if I have one special skill when it comes to board games, it's being able to put the game back in the box in a way that will make your setup the next time twice as fast. I'm getting really good at that. Oh, yeah, like breaking up all the player pieces into their own baggies. That way each individual player gets the exact amount of start tokens mm-hmm. and, like, all the other shit. Like, no, you've become a pro at that. Yeah, we we played Tapestry the other day, and I did the same thing, where I was like, this, when next time we play, you're able to just hand somebody... A little bag and it has all their starting pieces and here's the thing we probably should have figured that out by now with most of our games but mm-hmm. i just put everything away because it matched and now i'm like why would i not set this up with starting player shit yeah it's so much better just makes the most sense and uh why we brought it back to the table is that we did like with the time that we had off uh we actually wanted to just see if it really worked as well as we thought it would with just the two of us at mm-hmm. the table and it worked it worked great. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to be able to play it with more people now that I feel like um, now that I feel like we've got a better handle on the rules. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Um, I've got good news. 
they delivered uh, the game that we were going to talk about at the end. Uh, we oh. ordered a game. We broke our own rule. Um, and the game is up, up upstairs. But yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second game uh, we figured we'd bring up was something that I feel like you don't like as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And you never will. No. I'm going to let you talk about this game. I feel like you talk about it better than I do. Because... Yeah. I don't know, you just seem to have a better handle on this game than me. Um, yeah, we're talking about Evolution, which is from uh, North Star Games? I think so. Uh, and essentially what you're doing is everybody starts out... Well, the premise of the game is you create uh, different species, and your species' goal is to eat as much food as they can. Uh, the food that they eat are the points that are going to help you win, or are going to... Win you the game. Mm-hmm. The person with the most food at the end wins. Uh, every turn, you can play... Uh, so, you have a player board. And it's like a little tiny board that has a cube uh, for labeling body your body size. And a cube for labeling your population. Mm-hmm. And then your population goes up and down based on however you want to play your cards. Each round, you can add uh, one char- You could add one trait to your creature... Um, and you can discard one card from your hand to either increase your body size or your population. When you increase your uh, population, that means you can eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to eat more. You Not have that to eat you can, more. You have to. And eat then your more. body size makes it harder for uh, predators to be able to eat you. And essentially, you go back and forth, adding traits like long necks, so you can get to food before your uh, opponents can. And essentially, everybody uh, plays down a card at the start of their turn, which has like a food um, number on it, which is hidden at the start. Mm-hmm. And then before people, like right before people start collecting food on their turns, everybody flips it over, and then that's the food that goes into the watering hole. Yeah. So there's a weird cooperation element. Which, you know, is nature, <laughs> where, like, you de- you still do depend on other creatures, and that's kind of what the premise is, I think, mm-hmm. of that. And so, um, yeah, that, that part is really interesting because what it can do is, like, if you're kind of doing the math on your own characters to see that, to be able to finagle how you can have enough food, you can try and starve out your opponent, which is what we both tried to do at one point. But we had cards that allowed us to pull food from other places. Yeah. We tried really hard to starve the other one out. Yeah. We also learned um, by posting this on our Instagram page earlier this week uh, that we've got an older version. Not the oldest version. We have an Mm -hmm. older version of this game um, where, like, the cards are a little bit different. Um, we We put our food as we collected it into these little... Like satchels, like These little, are like bags. little canvas bags. Um, but now, when you buy the evolution, the beginning, I think is what it's called. I think it's the only version you can buy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like a player shield, essentially to like hide your food. Um, and actually, I wonder if you also hid your 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 creatures behind that. I should have looked into that. Um, but it's actually a very different version of the game. Even, like, the watering hole main board where you put your food and then the food cards on is mm-hmm. completely different. The artwork is different. The size of it's different. And the box size itself was completely yeah, different. The box is way different. I It actually makes me wonder if any of the expansions 
to the game would even work with our base game. Yeah, no clue. But I don't. Do. I don't think they would, which is fine with me. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> you don't like that. Um, so when you're building up your uh, your creatures, it, it's sort of like an engine building mechanic, right? So um, when you play down your creatures, the creatures that you have uh, from left to right matter because they could work in a symbiotic relationship, or they can um, be like what. One of the ways I ended up beating you in the game is that uh, one of my creatures was a carnivore and carnivores can't eat from the watering hole because the watering hole only provides plant food so now you have to attack either your opponent's creatures which every time you attack somebody their population goes down if your population ever goes below zero the creature becomes extinct Mm -hmm. and then it's just like this whole crazy mechanic and the reason we stopped playing it so long ago is that it's um, it's really competitive for just the two of us. Yeah, in case you hadn't gathered, I never win this game. Um, <laughs> I don't think you've ever won. No, I've I've never won this game. Just like I've never won Steam Park. Uh, I've never won this game. Uh, the the games that are super competitive. I literally wrote in our notes, "Hella competitive." Um, <laughs> and and I don't think we've played it with more than just the two of us. So like, I would definitely be interested to see how it plays when when you as a carnivore have someone else to attack besides just me right because i do feel like that if i'm able to just build that creature that i can just constantly feed and bring down population or make Mm -hmm. one of your creatures extinct you have to constantly bring one back yeah and you have to it's it's a different it's a difficult dynamic to get out of a hole of i i feel like when you're behind mm-hmm. yeah and it just starts to feel like more work mm-hmm. than if, if you're if you're losing the game just starts to feel like a chore and it's not much fun so to me like we've never played it with more than two people i i would be interested to play it with um two people with another person particularly someone who also is very competitive mm-hmm. um because i'm hoping if i play with you and another competitive person that you'll just attack each other, and I can just slip under the radar. Slip under the radar. Yeah, and the reason we brought it to the table mostly is because it's a game we just haven't touched in such a long time. Um, and I, I think it really is like a unique game. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to the version that some other people have versus the version that we have, but it just it doesn't play like any other game that we play. Um, but it might take multiple playthroughs to kind of get the rhythm of what the cards do and how they work well with each other to kind of build up a strategy. And I feel like that's the hardest point of entry is just like knowing what the things do without like going through the deck and reading everything Mm -hmm. before you play the game. Yeah. And plus eventually I I had so many cards. I was like, I don't even, I have too many options. Mm -hmm. I like, I can't figure out what I'm going to do because I have too many options in front of me. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just ha- we hadn't played it in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was time to give it another go. We had time. To- we obviously had time to kill. Revisited the rules, so we were both clear. Yeah, and it's not a super complicated game. Like the sh- the-, the strategy is heavy, but the mechanics of it and like how you play things and how the round goes is is pretty self explanatory. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we liked about it initially before we realized like, oh shit, this like is hyper competitive and we don't usually like like those kind of games like we like games where each of us has almost like an equal opportunity to win 
Yeah. We don't mind strategy, but we don't like the fuck you mechanics of mm-hmm. things sometimes. So we don't like to bring those kind of games to the table as often. Not that they're not fun, but... Yeah, I mean, with two of us, Steam Park and Evolution in particular are kind of the most fuck you-y. Yeah, I feel like the like opponent. the loss just hurts more for the other person. It's just like, yeah, I know you won, but it didn't... like. Sometimes it feels okay to lose because you mm-hmm. played a good game. Like we, we well, had sometimes that. it doesn't even feel good to win. Yeah. Because... It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I think it's worth I think it's worth picking up if that's the kind of game that you like. And it's, like, kind of a quirky... Um, quirky? You would call evolution quirky? Yeah, just because of the different kinds of, like, characteristics... Or the different kinds of uh, traits you can add on to a species that make it really weird. And the artwork is, is kind of trippy and unique. Fair enough. Yeah. To me, this doesn't really fall in the nature category that I usually love. It technically, I guess, you Under, can make a case. Uh, by like a by like a, a stipulation. Yeah, like, exactly. It's too real. Yeah. You know, it's t- like... It's not fun. Yeah, uh, it's not uh, whimsical. This is like fucking... We're not visiting national parks yeah, this here. This is like kill or be killed. Yeah, exactly. This is... This is evolution, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did. Ha <laughs> ha, Yeah. Uh yeah, and so then one of the last one of the last games we're gonna highlight because it's obvious if we were gonna sit and recap all of the games we played over the last week that sounds like a real shit time for everyone <laughs> listening. Um, we played Viva Java the dice game. Mm-hmm. Um, as a little bit of a background, we actually won this game. Um, when we went to Unpub, um, uh, a few years ago. So Unpub is this really cool, uh, conference. Style. It's like a gaming convention. Yeah, convention type thing where different game designers go and you play test uh, their games. And games are in different stages of development from like somebody had just written on note cards with a Sharpie all the way to this is my first print. Uh, what modifications should I make um, between now and the next one? And then you give feedback. You fill out this feedback form. You put your name on it and then when you ever do whenever you do the feedback form get entered into a raffle you get entered into a raffle for free games and you probably only did one feedback form that particular time because we're just there for we're there for fun and to give verbal feedback we're not good at the typing of the feedback sometimes um and you won there weren't many games left um when you won because we were towards the end of the three days so you picked out this game and that's how we came across this game this is not something we didn't pay for this game. <laughs> no. Just with our time. But, uh, yeah, it's a game where uh, it's it's kind of a pressure luck uh, rolling dice mechanic to where you're trying to build the best. You're trying to create the best blend of coffee with the different dice that you roll. Mm-hmm. Um, different ways to collect points are like, it's almost like poker style with dice. Like three of a kind, um, four of a kind, full house, pairs. Um, and then there's also like color rankings from like light roast to dark roast um and you're just trying to roll the best blend Mm -hmm. uh if you roll a blend and you think it's the best you get a token in front of you and you hold on to those those dice and you end your turn if you roll shit you could do something called uh research or a flavor blend which is all different colors of dice. Well, that's if you roll one of each color. I'm talking about if your roll is complete ass. That's it's right. like you don't have anything. You can't build the rainbow blend. You can't do the 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 better blend. You go for like, what is it, like research, right? I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, you're right. 
and then you uh, can gain different abilities by filling in your score sheet, and it's it's really not a bad game. No, it's definitely not a terrible game. The rules are not written well at all, and this was actually the first time that we truly sat down to play this game, uh, because... Number one, the rules are written in this tiny fucking font. It's in a normal size game box. Yeah, it's a the game box is regular size. Like it's nothing. It's not a tiny. It's not one of the tiny epic games. It's not something that they are marketing as a travel game. Anything like that. It's a tiny fucking rule book. And I think that we didn't play it initially because we had both separately sat down with the rules to try and understand it. Mm. It couldn't make. Heads or tails. Heads or tails of it. I was, no. gonna, I was trying to come up with a coffee pun. I was like, cream or sugar of it. But I couldn't get there fast enough. Yeah. It was like somebody dipped their balls in our coffee. Is that, what you, is that the kind of yeah, analogy exactly you're trying to go for? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. Thank you. I had a feeling. Um, you know how my brain works. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so we, we didn't bring it to the table uh, for the rules especially. And then we discovered that there's more components in the box than there are written written in the rules. So we wound up with all these extra pieces that we don't know what the fuck they're for. Well, right before we started recording this episode, I found that this expansion is also listed on Board Game Geek. So I'm going to look into that, and maybe they have some explanations, and it'll make the game better. Yeah, so we literally found out that all these extra pieces are for an unnamed expansion. That, that didn't it, even come in a box. The, it's well. It didn't come in its own separate box. It doesn't have its own separate rule book. No. Nope. So we have no idea how to play with these pieces. No. So I would say that's the biggest disappointment because the game itself played like a pressure luck style, mm-hmm. like quick, like. It should have been quick. Yes. And it was. <laughs> we we got through two games. It mm-hmm. was fun. Like it, it was good for like if you've ever played Catan dice mm-hmm. or something to that nature, where you're just trying to bring something quick to the table with a couple people, and um, the different abilities allowed you to manipulate the dice in different ways. So it was it was pretty cool like that. It wasn't anything unique or different, but um, it was just cool. It, it had a cool theme because we're pretty big coffee drinkers. Yeah, and part of the reason I wanted to bring it bring it to the table, I was gonna say back. Um, but back really is inappropriate. No. Um, part of the reason we brought it to the table is because I saw someone posting on Instagram about a coffee-themed uh, board game, and my I was like, oh my god, we don't even have we don't have a coffee-themed game. And I'm like, and yeah, like, we do. We do actually. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of the reason we wanted to bring it back. And I'm not I'm not 100% convinced that this game doesn't go in our donate sell trade pile yeah um maybe we'll give another go maybe when i find the rules for the expansion maybe we'll feel differently yeah maybe we'll bring uh you know a little bit of replayability to it because right now it's pretty it's pretty basic and and i'm fine with, i'm fine with basic right i just want basic to be interesting enough that i could play it with somebody new you also want basic to be like fun and like just like have have things that make sense in it, right? All these extra pieces and shit in this box just made it to be like, are we missing something? Are mm-hmm. we are we fucking this up in a way that like we just felt dumb about it? Yeah. And and the honest part about it is that like, the components are really good. 
The, the dice are cool. The dice are cool. The little coasters that you build your blends on are all like different coffee shop theme from like mm-hmm. really funny corporate theme stuff to like hipster shit. And it's just it it was a it was a decent game. Yeah, it just it it feels like the rules were written by somebody who played the game too many times and didn't ask for any any help. Yeah. In writing them. Well, which is funny because it's literally it has like the unpub logo mm-hmm. on the back. So they must have play tested it there. Yeah. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. My dream job is officially writing rules, so if you need me to contract it, I'll, I'll do it I'll do it for cheap. And the, the company, I think, is called Dice Hate Me or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. Funny. It's very clever. I'm here for it. So, yeah, those are, those are the games that we brought back to the table that either we've had for a while and just never touched. Hadn't played. But, yeah, I mean, we played lots of things, and, like, some of the games, like, Islebound actually isn't a terribly long game. Um... Really, neither, none of the ones we talked about were very long, Mm-mm. but it's just that we had to spend some time with the rules yeah. uh, for all of them. Well, I do feel bad that, like, if we've excited you about Islebound, we did find out um, through a few people commenting on some of our stuff is that it's out of print. Yeah. So you can't it, even order it from the publisher. Somebody emailed Red Raven Games to ask if you could, if they could buy it, and they were like, we don't have any plans for this game to be reprinted, and I was like, Wow. Which is kind of a bummer, because it really does play well. It's so, it, like... It's pretty... I just don't see other people playing this game, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Makes Like, I'm glad we picked it up when we did. Um, when we bought that game um, from our friend who had a game shop at the time, uh, we were debating between that and Above and Below, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we asked if we needed both games. Like, if we buy one, do we need the other? Because they do play off of each other. Um, and she told us that we didn't necessarily, and we'd probably only need one or the other. And given John's love for pirates and sea-related things, we went with Islebound. It turned out to be a good choice because the other one is like kind of a story-themed game. Yeah, I actually don't know anything about it. So. I feel like a lot of those kind of games are very daunting to us. I don't know why, because like we look at um, games like Sleeping Gods and stuff like that that they're like they're not. Um, legacy games but they're campaign style games to play through mm-hmm. and it's like oh well it's like 60 to 60 hours of gameplay and i'm just like this is not a video oh, game <laughs> yeah like that's a, that's how we end up playing video games is for mm-hmm. story so but it's such a great game and i i'm excited to be able to bring more people into this game because i don't feel like we have been for this year fact that we didn't we felt like we didn't understand it yeah. well enough to be able to teach it. Mm-hmm. And I think we do now. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, I'm going to post on our Instagram all the games we played in the last week. But, like, we brought out some other games that are newer, too. Well, do you want, like, I know you took a picture of, uh, of the giant stack and we'll post that. But do you want to just give, like, a quick rundown list of all the games that we played real quick? Sure. Let's see here. I took the picture because Phoebe the cat was playing on the games earlier because I set them on one of our dining room, dining chairs, dining table chairs. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. So, we played. In no particular order. Yeah. The order that these are in is the order I have them stacked on the chair so that they wouldn't fall over. Yeah. That's the order. They're ordered, uh, they're stacked in game size from, game box size from big to small. Yeah, exactly. So, we said Isle of Cats. We played Tapestry. Um, Dragon Castle, um, which is kind of a Mahjong 
a play off a playoff of Mahjong, which I appreciate considering that's a game that I played on like what Windows ninety six or ninety eight or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Islebound and Evolution, which we talked about. We obviously played Wingspan because there's no game we've played more so far in twenty twenty one than Wingspan. Um, we played Azul. We played High Rise, uh, Parks, Canvas, uh, Viva Java the Dice Game, Tarji, and Space Park. Yep. Those are all the games we played. And some of them we played multiple times, um, but those are the biggest heavy hitters that we uh, we spent our week with. Yeah, it was actually really fun to play High Rise again. We bought this game. This is probably one of the few few big games we bought on a whim. Yeah. Because it looked cool. I would say like Tapestry is that one, but we didn't buy Tapestry on a whim. No, we definitely did not buy Tapestry on a whim. Thank God. Yeah. I love it, but like that's not a game I'd want to buy on a whim. Yeah. And uh, High Rise is cool because like you're essentially just like making your way through a um, a board, which is a city, and you're building buildings of different uh, story height. Mm-hmm. And the only way to build better buildings is to get blueprint materials and stuff like this. But in order to get the best points to be able to build like a round city code is to gain mm-hmm. corruption. Mm-hmm. And corruption uh, is negative points at the end, but allows you to do what you want in the moment. Yeah, so I actually won in High Rise, but we were talking about wins that don't feel good. I had so much corruption in this game that I was like, I won this, but I don't feel good. This doesn't feel like the win I deserve. Yeah, and I would say uh, the most fun I had all week playing uh, games in general was the nail-biter of Tapestry. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, It was the highest scoring game that we had, and literally you beat me by a tiebreaker. I don't think we've ever had one of these big games come down to a tiebreaker. Yeah, and it was literally because I tried to push my luck to do more things, mm-hmm. and I wound up with one fewer resource that you did, which were the tiebreaker things. And if yeah. I didn't spend one extra resource, I would have... You would have won. Yeah. but uh, It's crazy because I know we've talked about this game in depth. You can go find our tapestry uh, review if you so desire. Um, but when we started the game... I said to you, today I'm going to space in this game. That's what I'm doing. I made that my goal. I went to space. The space cards are what got me the win. Yeah. So, or at the very least, what gave me extra. Yeah. So. Solid game. Uh, very big game. Uh, if you could find it on sale like we did from our local game shop, it's anywhere between 75 to 100 bucks, mm-hmm. but components are fantastic. Totally worth it. Uh, just a massive, like, civilization-style game, and uh, yeah, we could, obviously it's one of the only, it's the only game that we've reviewed in an episode on its own, aside from Mariposas. I was going to say, that's not true. But... Yeah, and like, we couldn't recommend it more. Yeah, I love it. It's definitely strategy-heavy, so don't play it drunk. No. My biggest recommendation: Don't play drunk. It won't work. You won't have a good time. No. Um, but oh yeah. yeah, and then we said, you know, with this episode, like we've been busting out stuff because we want to take a break from buying stuff. Um, we got that tax money. Well, it wasn't the tax money that did it. It was the fact that when we uh, traded in my old car, they refunded us for the money left over from my registration. That's right. That's right. And that's what just uh, just paid for our copy of uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yeah, so we're gonna play that. It was just delivered while we were recording. I don't know if we'll get to it tonight. Uh, we, I mean, it's only an hour-long game, so we probably well, we could. we got to learn, so it's like two hours. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so 
Uh, what we've we, been we, uh, well, we told you. Just we said we weren't buying anything. Yeah. We made the exception because we traded in the old car. Yeah, old car worth uh sixty five dollars. <laughs> left over from my registration plus. Thank you, State of Maryland. Yeah. Appreciate your sixty seven dollars, and thank you, No Land Beyond, for delivering it to our house on this windy ass day that we didn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. Support local game shops. Yeah, we love them. So, yeah, um, so what we've been reading, playing, watching, before we get to all that, uh, we went on a hike this week because the weather in Maryland uh, was beautiful. Yep, it's the spring of deception, as yep. the meme on the internet says. Yeah. Yeah, we went on a hike. Um, I found this trail uh, that's supposed to have these waterfalls, and, I mean, it did have the waterfalls. They delivered on that. But it said 2.3 miles. That's cool. That sounds perfect. Um, there's a brewery nearby. And we could go to the brewery afterwards at three o'clock when it opens because we still we still don't really want to be around a lot of people. So it's like if we go at three PM on a Wednesday, that should be totally fine. So we planned our entire day around this. We ended up hiking about six miles. Yeah, the trail markers were all fucked up and we got lost in the woods. Yeah, we followed the blue markers. Except for they were all blue markers. Every marker was blue. Um, and blue markers went left and they went right and they were behind you. Um, and you know, we, we've discussed how we go to the gym, we work out. I wasn't like exhausted in a way of like physical activity exhausted, but I felt like the little kids we saw early on in the hike who were just like, I don't want to do this anymore. That was me. I was like, I'm, I'm just over this. I don't want to be here. It's yeah. beautiful outside, but like, I want to sit outside and have a beer. I'm not interested in the rest of this activity. Yeah, so fuck you, Patapsco State Park. We'll, we'll go back and do another trail eventually, but not that not one. Not that one. Not What was that? That, that was one. the... What trail was that? Cascade The Falls. Cascade Falls Trail. Think, Don't fucking do it. No. Unless you could find the parking lot and park, but we couldn't even find the parking oh lot. Oh my god, yeah. I put it into the maps. I put it into Apple Maps, and they brought me to some fucking middle of nowhere entrance on the trail. Mm-hmm. Not to the actual entrance. I This is bullshit. I'm glad that we have these fancy smancy Apple watches so we could actually look and see where we got where we fucked up the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least there was a map at the end for us to see what, what the fuck we did. It was yeah. bullshit. But yeah, aside from that, uh, in the bunch of games, um, we uh, sat down with uh, a game called Outriders, which uh, has a demo out on Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's a cool little uh, action RPG where you're uh, the last people leaving Earth because Earth was all fucked up, and then you go to this new planet where you think it's gonna be like all good and shit, and then it's all fucked up too, and then you gotta fight to survive. Mm-hmm. That's the that. Demo was super cool. Yeah. So we'll get the new game when it comes out. Yeah, I think it comes out April first. Yeah, which sounds like a lie. Yeah. When you not. say April first, I'm like that's April Fool's Day. I don't appreciate games like this. Okay. I appreciate games, but not mind games. Yeah. Uh, we're also masochists, so we keep playing Overwatch thinking it's going to be something different and happy, and usually it just makes me curse at the TV. Yeah, we curse a lot at the game, but that's yeah. okay. Any other video games? You're still playing that Undermine game that game. won't stop making yeah. noises on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's very loud. No. Um, other than that, no. Uh, yeah, I just finished a short novella called Remote Control by Nendi Okorafor. Okorafor? Okorafor. I, I really like. fucked that up. 
Um, but yeah, it's a really good sci-fi futuristic um, uh, novella. So I read it, it. I read it really fast because it's super short. Um, and I mean, really, I just think people should look it up, and you should see if your library has it and just read it because you can read it in like three hours at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes place in like a not so distant future Ghana. Cool. And it was badass. And yeah. I need to read it again because so much happened in such a short period of time that I know I missed something. <laughs> um, Especially but, with something that short too. It doesn't feel like you're, uh, you have to put another time suck into your mm-hmm. into your life. It's like, oh, another four or five hours to sit down and just like slow read it this time. Yeah, it's one of those things where like I feel like this is something I should have read. I mean, it's new. It just came out last year. But like it feels like something like you should be like – ninth graders should be reading in school and like this is how we study symbolism kind of thing because it was so it was so cool and there's so much happening that I had to have missed something and if somebody else has read it I'd want to be able to talk to somebody about it so let me know if you read it so we can talk yeah and I'm still waiting in the mail for uh, a review copy of a new alien book Mm -hmm. coming out because I review horror movie stuff and horror stuff you're so cool yeah Aside from that, uh, we started watching uh, the guys or the Food Network's Tournament of Champions. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. You were gonna say Guy Fieri's Tournament, tournament of Champions but, when it's on Food Network, but hosted by Guy. Yeah, but it's essentially his tournament. That's a Freudian slip, I think. Yeah, uh, which is just it's it's so incestuous for how like, I love it so. It's much. like all the different food network stars are just all on each other's shows. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you watching the same show and repeat, but it's hosted by Guy Fieri and just like a, a bracket style east coast chefs versus west coast chefs. The one problem I have with the show is that they called Nashville the East Coast. Yeah, fuck your geography. That's not how it works. No. Nashville is not the east. But it's not the west. No, it's not either of them. So you just say the people in the central part of the United States don't get to play? No, that's not. I didn't. I didn't come up with the premise of this tournament. Tournament, as they say. Yeah. On the show, tournament. But yeah, we started watching that because we've officially watched every episode of Guys Grocery Games. God. So. Yeah. I love Guy Fieri. Me too. I want. I want to hug him and have him tell me everything's going to be okay because it will be. Yeah. I want, and I would like him to take me to eat places. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've said it before. We've probably said it at the end of the last episode because <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about guys' grocery games then. But, like, if it comes out that Guy Fieri is, like, a secret Nazi or something. It's going to crush us. I just don't think I'm going to be able to recover from that. Yeah, I think I can handle divorce, like, more easily. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You had to pick that one. That's cool. <laughs> That was the traumatic life event that you had to pick to compare. Well, like the propensity for me to fuck something up like that versus Guy Fieri coming out as just a genuinely bad person. I don't know which is more mm. capable of happening. So what you're saying is the odds are you're going to fuck up our marriage are I greater than Guy Fieri being a secret Nazi. Well, for me to say like for you to fuck up, it's even a greater chance for you to fuck up our marriage then I'm saying Whoa. that Guy Fieri is a bad person. That's how strong of a of a human this this dude is. Your convictions are strong, Cole. And his spiked gel hair and his fucking bleached goatee. Yeah, what's up with that? Make him just look like the douchiest person in the world. But he's so wholesome. Such a great human. Such a great human. Thank you for giving us the supermarket sweep we do actually deserve. For real. 
Well, with that being said, uh, aside from us, you know, vaguely say we'd have Guy Fieri in his threesome, you can find <laughs> us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search uh, Bored to Death Podcast. Yeah, and you can find the episodes on our website, on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts, and some Google thing. No, it's it's Stitcher for Android. Stitcher, that's yeah, the other fuck one. Google. We don't, we don't know, know what's going on with that. They became like YouTube music, and uh, I don't know what the fuck. What does that on. sound? <laughs> Fucking. I really wish you would never do that again. Yeah, support to deathpodcast dot com is where you can find all the stuff in its simplest form, and then you know subscribe to us on your podcast uh, listening apparatus of choice and uh, And, uh, leave us some reviews and stuff because it helps our visibility and it makes us feel good when we know we're doing stuff good and if uh do you have any rooms for improvement uh leave those there too and we'll try our best to not let you down dad your dad doesn't know how to find podcasts no he's i think he still has a flip phone probably christ my mom listens why thank you but why yeah she said she listens sometimes that's okay so I'm good with that. I could live with that. There you go. Make sure you find us on there. Leave us a review. And, uh, yeah. It's been... I don't I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. No, but we're gonna... So we can afford more board so games. So we can afford more games. That's And more beer. Because we drank a lot of beer this week. We were off for nine days. The fact that we only bought, I think, three six-packs is pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying we drank a lot of beer this yeah. week. So... Well, until next. Go have another one. Wow, way to cut me off. Yep. Trying to get the fuck out of here. Okay. Well. Well, until next time, I'm John. I'm Kayla. And this is how we roll.